Hello everyone, it is your girl Jocelyn here with another episode of Faith on the Journey and I welcome you to the show. I am so thankful that you joined us today and for those of you who I have not had the pleasure of meeting yet, let me take a moment just to introduce myself. I am an author, a business owner, and a teacher of the Word of God. Professionally, I come from a nonprofit background. I have a master's in social work and I have a master's in theological studies in about a month from McCormick Theological Seminary. Super excited about that, as you can tell. But my passion is to help people to heal from heart wounds that they've experienced in their past, whether that's trauma from divorce, loss of a loved one, sexual abuse, wherever that heart wound came from, I want to help people to heal. And that's where Faith on the Journey came from. This is a place where you can turn to for encouragement, resources, and spiritual direction. We do this by sharing incredible testimonies of faith, providing you with practical spiritual tools, and creating safe environments for the Holy Spirit to move and heal the broken places of your heart. In addition to the blog and podcast that we share, we offer healing groups for the people of God. Our trained facilitators use a curriculum that marries concepts from the mental health field and the Bible to help members to uncover, process, and heal from unresolved trauma that's held them captive to their past. And there's so much other work that we do through Faith on the Journey, and you can definitely learn more about that by visiting faithonthejourney.org. But if you've been following us for the last few weeks, we have chosen to pivot our focus to offer people hope, and resources as they navigate through these difficult waters of the coronavirus. Just to recap, we talked about how to care for your mental health during this pandemic. We talked about parenting during the coronavirus outbreak. And today, we are talking about pastoring during the coronavirus. Now, anyone who has been a part of a church before knows that the job of being a pastor is not easy. But it's a especially challenging during this coronavirus pandemic. And I have watched over the last few weeks the comments scroll on social media targeted towards our pastors. And there have been some serious division amongst the people of the church to the point where some folks are even bashing our pastors. And I do take issue with that. Now, granted, I don't agree with every decision that these pastors are making, but we do know this. It's a very serious job for pastors to be shepherds over God's people. And personally, I know that's a cross that I would not have chosen to bear because the work of a pastor does not cease. But looking at the pastors and what they're confronted with in this moment right now, I feel like if anything, we need to have compassion towards them. So I read this quote on social media a few weeks ago, and I think it summarizes what the pastors are really going through right now. And I wanted to share it with you. It reads, your pastor has never pastored a church during a pandemic before. Whether they open, people are going to say they should have closed. Whether they've closed, people are going to say they should have opened. When they do not shake hands, people are going to say they need faith. When they shake hands with people, they're going to say, well, they're foolish. They're going to have to make some difficult decisions to protect the flock, considering everything from your spiritual growth to legal liabilities that you're not even thinking about. 
Every pastor believes that they have the most amazing group of people. So remember this. No one wants things to go well at the church as much as your pastors. Your pastor needs your prayers and support right now. And that, that's a word for you. Hashtag pray for your pastor. And that post came out a couple weeks ago when this thing first came out. And there was so much uncertainty around this issue. Many pastors probably didn't understand the severity of this issue. But to be honest, everyone's trying to figure this out. And we're doing the best we can. So yes, we do need to pray for our pastors. And we do need to encourage them in this moment. Our pastors are human. They are feeling the heaviness of this coronavirus just like everyone else. And they're navigating uncharted waters with us. So they need people around them who will pray for them, but also support them during this time. Whether it's running errands for them, picking up some extra items that they need, or just checking on them saying, hey, we love you, we're thinking about you, we got your back. Something to let them know that they are not alone too. So we're going to continue this conversation and we're going to bring a special guest on the line. I am so excited to welcome someone who I knew as a child as Jay Quest, a very talented musician and artist. But one day I looked up and found out that he was not only a pastor, but he was a powerful leader in the community. And he will be joining me at the table as soon as we come right back from a short break. I'll never forgive you for what you did to me. I feel so dirty. I just don't know who I am anymore. I can't believe I'll never see him again. I've got to be strong for my family. I can't let him see me cry. What happens in this house stays in this house. I can't take this anymore. I feel like I'm living my entire life behind a mask. The mask is the keeper of secrets and master of illusions. It despises authenticity fears transparency, and knows no vulnerability. The mask will stop at nothing to keep its image intact and emotions at bay. In its simplest form, the mask is the facade we project to the world. But what is hidden in the dark will come to light. Even if we master the art of wearing the mask, the pain that we've buried has the power to hold us captive in the shackles of shame, anger, and despair. But there is power greater than our pain greater than our past, and greater than what the world says about us. There is a God who can heal us from our pain and can free us from defining our values based on the world's standards. There is hope, and you can embark on your journey towards freedom by reading the book, Breaking the Power of the Mask, by author and motivational speaker, Jocelyn Jones. Discover the joy and healing that rightfully belongs to you. No more shame, no more fear, and no more hiding behind the mask. I'm breaking the power. I'm breaking the power. I'm breaking the power of the mask. Get your copy today by visiting breakingthemask.com. Welcome back everyone as we continue our conversation today on pastoring during the coronavirus. For today's segment, I am excited to welcome to the show a national speaker, advocate, and MC, 
Reverend Julian J. Quest DeSagier, who has appeared on ABC, Fox, NPR, and Dr. Maya Angelou's Oprah and Friends radio program. J. Quest is also an Emmy Award-winning musician. He was recognized by Crane's Chicago Business as one of 40 under 40 leaders in Chicago and by the Center for American Progress as one of the 10 faith leaders to watch in 2018. He is also the director of the Office of Experiential Education at McCormick Theological Seminary, and he is the pastor of the great University Church. There is so much more about him that I could say, but it will be literally taken all day, and we want to get into the topic. But I am so excited to have you here with us today, Reverend Jay. Uh, you do so many great things for the community, and I know this is a very busy time for you with Holy Week and Easter coming up. So thank you for making time out of your schedule to be with us today. It's my pleasure to be with you. I'm excited. Yes, sir. And before we get into the issue at hand, I just wanted to have the listeners, listeners learn a little bit more about yourself and your wonderful church family. So tell us a little bit. Sure. I'm a Southsider born and raised from Chicago and uh, serve on the south side of Chicago at University Church, which is at the University of Chicago, right on the campus there. And it's a wonderfully diverse place in terms of not just uh, racially, but age and um, the resources that folks have coming in that place, the ways that people think politically, uh, theologically, you know, we have agnostic folks and all that. And so it's it's a wonderful place to do ministry and to try to build beloved community. Uh, I've been there close to 10 years now. Which when I say I can't believe that uh, when I started there, I was 27. I was the youngest church uh, pastor in the church's history, the first African-American pastor. And so uh, it's been exciting for me, exciting for them. And this is certainly an exciting and strange and extraordinary and overwhelming time to be doing ministry right now is all of that right yeah. now. I think that sums it up well. And I wanted to just help our listeners to really understand what it's like to pastor during this pandemic. So that's really my first question for you is if you can give us a sense of what the last month has been like for you. What has your thought process been as you realize that this was a very serious problem and how did your church respond to the issue? Well, I think immediately for us, once we got that call, I think it was on a Friday that that Sunday, you know, we wouldn't be able to meet together because the stay at home orders were going through for us. And for me as pastor, the first question was, well, how can I care for people and care for myself at the same time? How can uh, we find ways to connect each other? And, and these are the questions, honestly, that we should be asking always. So they're not just coronavirus questions, you know, uh, but the urgency of the moment makes us ask them uh, even more forcefully and with more urgency. But, you know, I'm always thinking about how, as pastor, I can help people feel connected to community, connected to God, uh, and help them also work through some of the things that they're going through. It just happens that in this moment, we've got something that's not like you're going through it personally and nobody will understand. That's a different kind of pastoral care than what we're doing right now, which is simply, we're all going through it and we're all struggling with it. And if there are folks who have immediate needs, 
not only prayer, but like folks who need groceries or elderly folks in the congregation who need their medications refilled for a month because they might not be able to leave the house. Or, you know, those are the kinds of questions that we're asking. But again, hopefully, hopefully across at least my 10 years, and I know for the church's 125 year history, that's, those are questions that we've been trying to ask and certainly more, more forcefully in these days. Mm, absolutely. We have to ask those questions. We have to be very creative. And you brought up some issues that I hadn't even thought about those small things that we take for granted now that we're under shelter in place, we can't do. And so my next question is, what are some creative methods that you've used to pasture people during this time to meet some of those needs? Yeah, I think, you know, if we think about the idea of a pastor, a shepherd, as being able to help point people and direct people in certain directions, but not necessarily do the work for them, uh, which I think is an important kind of distinguishing idea of pastors. Uh, for me, this work has been like, let if I know that there's somebody who lives in Oak Park, you know, which is 45 minutes from the church, instead of me trying to get up and go 45 minutes, I, we got folks who live in Oak Park, right? And so let's see if we can put together some groups of people who can be supporting each other in different geographies across the city so that if one of our elderly members needs to go to the grocery store or can just give a list to somebody who's willing to take the risk and go to the grocery store, then let's do that, you know? And so for me, I've really seen this work as shepherding in this moment and calling up the leadership of others and the skills of others who are willing, who are able uh, to say, hey, let's, let's be the body of Christ. Let's, let's be ministers right now, you know? Let's be a church full of ministers and not a church with one minister. And so I think that kind of creativity has, has come out of this moment and I hope it will last long after this moment is past us. That's good. That's really good. And have you noticed people really stepping up to the plate over the last couple of weeks? Big time, big time. And I'm so thankful for it. It makes me wonder why I hadn't asked before. I think a, a, a thing that a lot of church leaders are understanding in this moment is, A, we can't carry this moment by ourselves. We can't carry the institution by ourselves. It's just too heavy to carry. Uh, but that it's always like that. Also, you know, maybe we weren't supposed to carry it. Maybe that's not the gospel to say that the pastor should carry it. And so I've been uh, welcomely surprised and uh, my heart has been warmed every moment of this crisis by the people in the church who have sent emails, who have called and said, hey, if you need uh, something to happen on the north side, if you need something to happen in Woodlawn, we got you, you know, pastor, you stay at home too. You know, like you're not gonna be the only one going out. Like we'll, we'll share this risk together and we'll share this work together and we'll share the mandate from God to love each other. That's something that's not just my job, but it's something that belongs to the people. And they've, they've stepped up in a major way. Oh, that's amazing. And that, that was actually one of my questions that you answered because we have to look at pastors are people too. They need support. This is heavy for everyone. And oh, so absolutely. there's different ways, those who are listening, that we can support our pastors. And sometimes it's just checking in and saying, hey, can I pick this up for you? Can I run this errand? I'm praying for you. Absolutely. So sounds like you have a great community over there, I must say. No, it's a good group of folks and, and they have called to just send me a text and say, hey, I know you're always checking up on people. I just wanted to check up on you today. And I appreciate that so, so very much because 
Hey, I mean, I've, I've, the way that I've been thinking about it and talking about it in our worship services online and such is that like you're gonna crack at some point. Every we're not built for this. We're not built for this level of isolation. For and and so there are gonna be moments that push us beyond our limit. Even me, uh, or maybe especially me, because of what I I have to carry already as pastor. And so the ability for us to check up on each other and recognize that if you're not doing okay right now, if you're scared right now, if you're anxious right now, that that is not a sign of faithlessness, but that we should. We should uh, cry out to God, you know, Hosanna to help my unbelief, you know, help me in this moment uh, where I'm struggling with my faith, where I don't feel as strong as I want to feel or need to feel to make it through this moment. That's for me. That's for you. That's for all of us right now. Yes. And I mean, this last month for sure has been challenging for everyone. But one thing I was talking about in the earlier segment is how challenging this has been for our pastors. And so... I'm curious, what has been the biggest challenge for you during this season? I, I think I've uh, been raised or socialized or brainwashed, whatever, however you want to think about it, into understanding pastoring as the ability to be with the people. And this is really challenging for me because the way that we are being called as pastors to be with people is so different than we've been trained, so different than we've dreamed about it or fell in love with the call to be with people. Uh, it wasn't to fall in, you know, to be in people, to be with people in this way. And so that that has been the biggest challenge. I want to see people. I want to hug people. I want to um, I want to be present with folks. And I'm learning what present means in the 21st century and in, in this digital moment that we have in front of us where it's not like, oh, you can go have an online ministry if you want, but everything happens in-house on Sunday morning or whatever programs during the week. Like now it's like, oh no, your ministry is online. So figure it out, you know? And that's, I think that's been one of the most challenging things for me is that whether it's when I'm preaching uh, or putting the service together to know that I'm doing that without the people or you know i'm with them like they're they're in my heart i'm thinking about them i'm thinking about the questions that we're all wondering about but that we're not together it's really hard for me yeah that's hard for everyone i must be honest uh, the live streaming is not the same <laughs> it's not the no same. it's not it's not and so it's like you know, I I got nothing but love for churches that had the resources to go out and do like stream online and be on TV. Um, I think the, as many contact points to good ministry uh, are a good thing. And so it's no hate, no shade on any of those folks. Um, I know that for a lot of folks, you know, in smaller congregations like university churches, it's a couple hundred of us. You know, and, and we're grateful to be able to have the resources to do the online thing, but that we, we really want to do is to be able to build community together. And there really is no set of boundaries or ethics or morals for how we do things online. And so it's, it, you know, it makes it real challenging to, to do that the right way right now. Yeah, yeah, but in, I mean, until then, we that's how we're connecting. And I'm, I'm thankful that people are responding that way. And 
you know, God can still move in it by introducing us to new people during the season who never knew about University Church or anybody's church for that matter until they saw them online. So, you know, we know this will pass, but um, it's definitely been a strain on the people of God. And just thinking about some of the things that I've seen on social media when it comes to this issue, there has been such division about how pastors are going about handling the situation, especially in the first couple of weeks when people didn't really know the severity of it. And so there was questions like, should we close? Should we stay open? Should we you know, do the sign of peace? How should we, should we take communion? And That's right. people were just fear bashing, bashing pastors, blaming them. It was so much tension. And so what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think that we just have to, uh, well, first I would hope that there would be some measure of compassion that most of these pastors, I want to say all, but I don't know them, but I want to say most of them are trying to act faithfully out of what they believe is the right thing to do by their commitment to God, to not be bound by fear to not be bound by worry, and to try to live a life that's going to be faithful. I believe that most folks who've made this decision have tried to do this out of that, from that place. But there comes a, a deeper moment where this, where stopping our services or putting them online is not a matter of fear, it's a matter of protecting people and protecting the most vulnerable. And that's something that I wish that uh, pastors would also think about as uh, in regards to their faithfulness as well, because all throughout the Hebrew Bible and Torah and, and even in the ministry of Jesus, we see a special sensitivity to the most vulnerable. And God says that that is what righteousness is. And so um, I just want to be righteous. When we stop that service, it's not because I want to or I don't want to preach that week. No, it's because there are people who are especially vulnerable and let's not make them more vulnerable, especially when they're uh, older folks who are like, this is the one or two times they get to come out of the house every week. So of course, if you say church is open, they come, you know, they, that's it. And so to be able to have something in place where uh, we're saying, look, we, we want to see you, but we want you to stay alive. We want you to stay healthy. That is the gospel just as much. And if not more than, saying that we're going to gather on Sunday is the gospel. And so I think folks just have to think about the gospel in its fullness um, and, and recognize that the vulnerability is, is the thing that we have to look out for the most right now. Good point. Good point. Yeah, that's, that's what we are looking at. It's really, at this point, we are all trying to figure this out together. And at the end of the day, you're shepherding God's people. You want them to be safe. You want them to be alive to hear the message. And so... Yeah. We have to think about that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to pray and encourage people to continue to pray for our pastors as they're navigating this space, as they're navigating, you know, still ministering to people, but taking care of their health. Sadly, we've lost some pastors during this time. And that just hurts to hear that, you know, and, but this is That's a serious right. situation. And so we're dealing with it the best we can. We're supporting grieving people. Even one situation that is, is really awful to think about is the fact some people can't really even properly bury their loved ones right That's now. Right. Have right. you come across that yet? Not in our congregation. Um, well, well, actually, as I think about it, we have somebody on staff whose first cousin passed away during this time and um, was unable to go to the funeral, which was down in Mississippi. And, and they had to do that, you know, sort of a graveside burial. 
with just a handful of people because that's all the state would allow down there. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been really tough because people want to be with each other in these moments. It, we were, I mean, one of the things that we're kind of taught in just as a part of the American way of life is that when times get tough, we get together, we form community, right? And then we figure it out. Um, and so it's really difficult to be in this very difficult crisis and not be able to come together and not be able to be present with each other in the way that we're used to. So I think it's for pastors, for everybody. I just, I just feel so much compassion right now and so much hurt in my heart for the folks that are are hurting right now because their their way of life has been disrupted and we we've found a way to be healthy living in a particular rhythm and now that's gone that's for students that's for pastors that's for autistic folks who need rhythm and regularity that's for addicts you know everybody like the the call and the need is not for one group of people it's for everybody right now we are truly going through this together we are and that's the only way we're going to make it through it is together. That's it. And our pastor said something last week in a, in a sermon, and I thought this was so good. He said, just because we have to social, social distance ourselves from other people does not mean that we have to be socially disconnected. That's right. No, that's that's wonderful. Yes, and yes, so we have to remember that in this moment, we have to go above and beyond to extend ourselves to people, reach out, check on them. Let's go beyond just a text message. Let's, you know, give a call, do whatever we can through Zoom. At least we can see each other through this technology. But let's let's continue to check on people because it's easy for us to go into a place where we're depressed. People have lost some major things. It might not even have been a loved one. It could have been a job. It could have been a position. It could have been whatever, but their way of life has been, as you said, completely changed. And when people have their identity wrapped up in those things, that loss can seem overwhelming. So we, we have to check on people. We have to be intentional about loving people through this very difficult time. So as we're getting ready to close, I wanted to ask you, is there, there any other suggestions or words of advice that you can give people who are struggling right now? Well, I would say for folks who are leading within communities right now, um, to try not to look at how other people are doing it. Sure, if you can get an idea or something that, that feels creative to you, sure. But, but try to do whatever you're doing online and Zoom and text and phone and all that. Try to replicate the sense of community that you already have and do that for you. Like there's so much insecurity that's happening right now because folks are saying, oh, well, that church is doing it like this and that church is doing it. You know, like, don't worry about all of that. Don't look at anybody else's house right now. If you can get some ideas for creativity, cool, but just feel secure in the way that you're doing things right now. It doesn't matter if it's 25 of y'all, it's 10 of y'all, it's five of y'all coming together. But if you come together where two or three or more are gathered, uh, and their community is as well, and their God is as well. And so invite God into your gatherings and do that thing. Now, if you're not leading a community, but you're a member of a community or you need some help and you're listening to this, I imagine if you're listening to this, that you care about the church and you care about your faith journey, that just reach out and, and ask the leaders of your of your community how you can be helpful. Is there anything you can do? Even if it's just praying, then you commit to praying and being a part of that work while they have to drive and travel and do all of that. 
that you can be fasting, praying, or what have you. And so everybody now needs to figure out how they can get in, get involved in a way that's going to keep them safe, that's going to love others, and that's going to be an extension of the body of Christ in the world right now. I couldn't even say it better. That's a good word. And I hope you all take that to heart uh, because that's exactly what we need to do during this time. But uh, if people want to get in touch with you, Reverend Julian, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, that, you know, all of, all of the ways end up vibrating on my phone at a certain point. So uh, on social media, I would say that's a pretty easy way. Uh, pure Quest, Pure K West is what it looks like. And uh, that's on Facebook and Instagram and all that pages for JQuest. I've been I put a, mute, a new song out this week because I've had to work on keeping myself creative and, and staying alive and healthy in that kind of way. And so uh, if folks want to uh, reach out to me or hear music or anything, uh, jquest.com is one of the easiest ways that'll point you not only to my email, but towards... Um, all the social media and all that stuff. And, and I'll reach back as, as, as often as I am able to. And I appreciate you and I appreciate everybody listening. Well, thank you so much. I have enjoyed talking with you about this. And I know anybody out there, especially our pastors, are just blessed by hearing from someone who understands, understands the cross that we're carrying right now, what you're carrying right now. And let's just be sure to keep all the pastors in prayer uh, during the season. We will make it to the other side. And I just want to thank you as our listeners for joining in today. As always, we want to be a resource for you as you continue to grow your faith on your journey. We know this is a difficult time, but we can do this together. So if you haven't already, please subscribe by visiting faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. And we'll continue to send you messages of, of encouragement and hope throughout your journey. So that's it for this week. But until next time, be blessed and stay on the journey.